Hey, thanks for listening to the Blended Podcast. I'm Megan. I have a 16-year-old daughter named Tana from my previous marriage who is with us full-time. And in 2018, I married my husband, Chris. His daughter, Lena, is nine from his previous marriage. And I'm Derek, and I have Zeke, who's 11, Kingston, who's nine from a previous marriage, and married Jesse in 2018, and she didn't have any kids, but now we have one on the way. So walk with us as we share our crazy blended lives. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Blended Podcast. Uh, Definitely have my favorite person in here with me today. And that's my wife, Jessie. She's joining us today. Hi. So we thought we would share a little bit about our experience, talk a little bit about our blended life, and, and kind of give you a, a different perspective. A lot of times you hear mine and, and Megan's perspective, and you know a lot of that is from a very one-sided a, a, a approach where you know we brought the kids into the blended family. Um, but for you... You know, you never really dated or were engaged to anyone that had kids before me. And so, you know, what was the initial thought process when we met, you found out we had kids and kind of maybe the uh, fears you had with that? Well, to be honest, um, it was one of those things where I never wanted children myself. And so the fact that you had kids was almost a turnoff because <laughs> that uh, was not on my priority or list of things. Um, I always thought that I would just be the cool aunt to my brother's children, and I never really gave kids much of a thought. And if I would have written a list of my husband-to-be, one that had children was not on that list. <laughs> so, um, so that's where God really came in, honestly, because... Like I said, it wasn't a priority of mine. I never thought I would have children. Uh, the fact that you had children, like I said, was difficult. Um, I remember sitting with one of my spiritual advisors or my spiritual advisor, um, Carrie Rucker, actually, and we were sitting at Denny's, and it was at the point where, you know, if I was going to go through with this, I was going to need to meet the kids. It was that time, you know, the six months uh, span had passed and she told me listen if you're going to meet them there's no turning back so really pray about this and know that once kids enter into the picture um, you'll get attached and so you really need to know if this is what God's wanting you to do and you know so I really had to pray and think about it and to be honest the the night that I met you um, with the kids, I was so nervous. We went bowling at a Blue Ribbon, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when I pulled up, I didn't know if I was just going to pull away and be like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. You know, we've got to this point. We've gotten to this point, And I just can't. I, I just can't. You know, and then I... Um, all the all the while, you know, I had heard the the boys' voices, and I had had heard stories about them, and had seen them on Facetime. Um, not that they saw me, but just in different videos and different things, and watching them grow and laugh and have their own little personalities. And that Christmas, I had bought 
presents for them, you know, under the guise as Derek. And uh, I tell Zeke to this day, he sealed the deal. Um, when I pulled up and Zeke was wearing a blue outfit that I'd bought him for Christmas that he didn't know that I'd bought for Christmas. Um, and he was just standing there and he was nudged up against you and nervous, obviously. Uh, but he just locked me in. He has these miraculously beautiful blue eyes that are out of nowhere because yeah. obviously you don't have blue eyes. Christina has green eyes. Right. But he has these just mesmerizing blue eyes. And so when I looked at him, he was hopeful. And he just smiled at me and I, I smiled at him and then it was just I was just hooked. Yeah. Um and so the the thought of them not being a part of my life um, in my life, in some way, if this was going to continue to work out, you know, obviously it did, um, wasn't an option anymore. Yeah. So, and I think, I think for you and I think for us, like we've talked a lot about it on here. We did wait six months before you got to meet the boys. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it in the initial stages were, were to protect them from meeting a lot of people through me or their mom. If that, if that's what it was, like if, you know, you're the only person I dated after I got a divorce. So th there wasn't a lot of chances for me to introduce them to a lot of people, but we were trying to protect them. But really in hindsight, looking back, it really protected you and it, it allowed you to see, I think our relationship and what it could be in six months that, that the kids coming on after that and then getting to meet them and then build a relationship with them. It wasn't all at once, and it wasn't overwhelming. It was kind right. of something that could slowly um, roll out and, and just progress at a natural pace. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it was. We, we tried to, and I would encourage you to meet on neutral ground. Like she said, rest in peace to bowling, uh, Blue Ribbons. That was our local bowling alley that mm -hmm. recently closed down, which is sad because that became a tradition for us. Right. That we would go to every year, which we have We have no the clue. boys' meeting anniversary. Yeah. You know, and they remember that, and so they wanted to go to Blue Ribbon every time, although we can't quite figure out what the date exactly was. <laughs> um, we've forgotten. It's somewhere in between Derek's birthday and a time when his dad went into the hospital. Um, so we know that it happened somewhere around through there, February, yeah. March. Um, but, yeah, they look forward to that anniversary. It became a part of our story. And so after we met him, you know, we're looking at marriage. We're looking at... Um, living in one house, um, sharing a house with your spouse can be stressful enough, but here we're going to add two more little messy humans to it. You know, going through that process, what was some of the things that maybe you look back and wish we would have done differently? Well, I'm not sure about have done differently, but I do feel like it was, exciting and it was um, a great memory and a, another part of our story that we allowed them to be in the journey of finding a house because it was going to be theirs half of the week you know so we allowed them to come to the different houses with us and they were a part of making a decision um, Zeke still talks about the mansion on the hill <laughs> and listen um, and it listen. was not a mansion <laughs> we on don't the hill <laughs> I'm like but to him it was a split-level home, a beautiful home. Um, everything was newly done yeah. and um, fresh paint and a sunroom and, 
you know, and a foosball table at the at the the basement, which you know s- sold it for him. <laughs> but <laughs> it it was on a hill, like there was no yard. And then out looking this mansion on the hill, you know, your what you looked at was you know mobile homes, which is fine if you live in a mobile home. Um, but it it was just an oddly placed house which he still refers to as the mansion on the hill. And so when we made the purchase of our home that we have now, um, you know, we wanted the neighborhood. We wanted a, a fenced-in backyard. You know, we were we lucked out on living on a dead-end street so that they could ride their bikes, we could take walks. Um, they've made friends with boys down the street, and then they have kind of like a second grandma that lives across the street, Nanny B, who protects them and tells them, you know, everything that's happening. She's the mayor of the street, knows all, knows knows it all, and you know, so they'll go over and check on her and Sit hang out with and her, and- talk to her, you know, and then they come home and spill the beans to us about everything that's happened. And I think that's really important. And and I don't know if. I know looking back at it, we made sure we we picked the best house for our family, but I don't know if it really registered, at least it didn't with me, of how important that was to give them some normalcy because they have two homes. That means they have two places what, that they live at, and it's not the typical easy-to-make-friends-with-all-the-neighborhood the kids or, or whatever because you're not always there. And so looking back, thinking, man, how we lucked out to give them a place that we we live now to give them some more normalcy in the days that they are with us. And so again, in our journey, you'll find that, you know, I don't think that we always can take credit for how it's went. Obviously, you know, we give a lot of credit to God for working things out in our lives um, because I don't think we would have been smart enough in this process to always get the things right. But looking back, I feel like we've done a lot right, and and and, and you can kind of see it in, in, in them and in their eyes and how they um, enjoy where they live. They enjoy their friends. They enjoy our house. They enjoy our traditions, whether it be bowling or the traditions we've made for Christmas um, or other holidays, you know, like Fourth of July. We always go over to your parents' house for a big cookout. And, uh, you know, that's, that's another part of what we don't always talk about, but not only did you accept two boys as, you know, your bonus boys, but your parents had to accept them as their bonus grandsons. Yep. And, you know, include them in Christmas and that's a whole relationship thing. And, you know, maybe, maybe share a little bit about how you've seen that through your parents' eyes and how how cool it probably was for you. Well, um, with my mother, like I said, I never wanted children, so I don't think she ever really expected much from me on that end of it. Um, But she had always said that I would have children. Um, I just argued that it never interested me, so she would need to lean on my brother for that one. Um, But she always said that I would, and... You know, and it's a different it's a different relationship because, you know, obviously they haven't known her as long as they have, like your mother or Kristen's mother and, and they don't call them grandma or grandpa or grand granddad, papa, any of yeah. the in the any of the names. It's it's still Tim and Angela. 
Um, but their relationship has grown. And then the fact that my mom and dad have Lily, which is my little sister, who is the same age as Zeke, but acts as if she's 25. Right. Um, you know, they love to spend time with Lily. So it gives them more time over at my parents' house, developing that relationship with them. And I don't think that my parents see them as anything other than their grandsons. Oh, absolutely. You know, and they've kind of adopted them into that yeah. position, even though they're, they haven't been given the names. And I think that's one thing we've got right is not forcing them to give right. them names. So let's let them build the relationship. And those names will probably come somewhere down the road, um, I think. And, and if not, though, the relationship doesn't have to have that title. Right. You know, they they know they can go to them. And it's interesting, and I think it's made it easy, is, you know, your family is blended. You know, your mom and dad, mm -hmm. I've always been married. You have a brother, but then all of a sudden you are, you know, in your 20s, and you now have an infant sister. And I think that in itself probably helped to um, – really learn or make that process easier because your parents have really already been through that process with Lily. Right. Yeah. So Lily was adopted when she was five years old and we've had her since she was seven months. Um, and you know, it's no secret. She knows, she knows she's adopted. Um, but yeah, so my parents have had to start again, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my brother's 40 in his forties. I'm 36 and they have an 11-year-old. Um, so they're going through this process again. And then I think it makes it easier for them just to have the boys around. You know, because Lily, to her, we're moved out. So she's a single child. Right. Only child to her. Um, so to have the boys over there and for them to have that relationship. And now that they're all going to attend the same school is definitely going to benefit. Absolutely. So... As we've chatted and kind of shared our story with you, um, we we hope that you know maybe you could grab something out of it that's like, oh, okay, I see why that works now and why you guys always are are bringing those things up. Um, but I was going to ask you, kind of put you on the spot. Um, what's the one lesson? What's the one thing in all that we have experienced? The ups, the downs of being a blended family? Because I know it, to you guys sitting at home, it's like, man. Y'all have had it easy, but it's not been that way. Um, and, you know, we don't always sh share the negative because there is another side to this blended family. And, and, and things happen and communication goes awry and, and things happen. And you don't have to always share that. But in your opinion, what's the one lesson if somebody's going into a blended family, starting a blended family, or have found themselves in a blended family and, and maybe things aren't perfect, What's the one takeaway from maybe what we've done or what we, you know, we've learned um, over the last few years that you would want to share with somebody? Um, I think for us in our relationship, it really worked out for the best benefit, although it didn't feel like it in the beginning, is that within your divorce agreement, it stated that, you know, your next person could not meet the children for six months. And so... I mean, it was it was really difficult at times, I'm not going to lie, um, because I, you're not used to having those stipulations within a relationship. And a lot of times people will rush things um, and it doesn't need to happen that way. But 
you know, you start feeling a certain way about somebody and the next thing you know, you know, you're wanting to be with them all the time and then you're talking about marriage and moving in and, you know, introducing kids and, you know, what I learned not having kids is that the six-month period really helped you and I grow as a couple because we had to be friends. We had to first become friends. Um, we couldn't just jump into a relationship because you're going through a divorce. Um, I'm being your friend during that time. You know, we're not seeing each other. Um, and so we just really developed the friendship before the kids could even possibly come along. So we had, so basically we already knew that we were wanting to continue this as a couple in a relationship before I was even introduced to the children, um, to our kids. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like we, we know several people that that's not their choice. That's not what they have chose to do. And Unfortunately, their kids have met three and four and five significant others or, mm -hmm. you know, had their heart broken because they really love somebody, you know, a new bonus, whatever in their life. And, you know, if it's listen, we put six months in our divorce agreement because I'll be honest, when I was we were putting it together, six months sounded like forever. You know, what I mean, like long enough. But maybe for you, six months isn't long enough. Maybe it's longer. Maybe it's shorter like you, you've got to decide what's best for you and you got to just stick to it. It, it it can't be something that's ever changing ever evolving um you know i was up front with my boys about it they knew like hey if i ever start dating somebody you're not going to know about it because i'm not going to let you meet somebody until I've, I've been with them for a while and know that this is something that i want to last for a long time and we were actually having a conversation with zeke last night um, about various things and he said you know the way that you and my mom raised me I felt like you could not meet the children for six months was a law yeah yeah and then that's I mean it, it was it was to us and that's how serious we took it and yeah you know there was the jokes of like man well I'm, I'm going to Walmart you know and like but we knew in the end that <laughs> it would be the best for the boys and if it was the best for the boys, then it was probably going to be the best for our relationship. And I really love the way you said it. Like we built trust. Yeah. You were my friend first. You were, mm -hmm. you know, we, we didn't see each other for a long time. It was text messages and very few phone calls and just somebody to, um, encourage each other. You know, you, you're teaching and, and you, you know, you had made a switch that year and it was kind of a difficult year in teaching and, you know, you were really diving into church and I was able to encourage there. And, and, and it was really beneficial and a beautiful friendship before it ever turned romantic to the point that we could start dating. And we even waited that like that time didn't even really count, you know, in our six months. Like we really we made them wait even more than six months, like because we we kind of, you know, didn't count the first couple months because we were just friends. And, right. And so I think, you know, being cautious, I think that that protects the kids and. So, you know, maybe today that's that's what you hear. You hear the testimony of two people that said, you know, we really waited to introduce the kids into our relationship. It made our relationship better. Yeah, because we had to figure out if we were even going to work. Yeah. You know, without them. And it was exciting. It was exciting for me um, to send you cute videos. And it was exciting yeah, for me. What happened to those? Yeah, well, it was exciting <laughs> for me. I am. 
<laughs> it was exciting for me. Uh, I've been washing too many bottles and building too many cribs, right. but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it was exciting for me to send those things and surprise you. Or to, right. it was almost like a secret game. Like how how much can I let you into their life? to let you slowly start getting to know their personalities mm -hmm. without them ever knowing that you existed. And I'll never forget uh, the last story. I, I had done such a good job, uh, but that Christmas that you had bought them presents and, and we were getting ever so close to, to meeting and having this meetup date night, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I had bought you a Roku and <laughs> you had signed into Hulu and created your own account. And Zeke was old enough to read, old enough to figure stuff out. And he was like, who's Jesse? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just a friend that uses it. And he was like, oh, okay. And then I'll never forget after I told him about you. And, you know, we could talk about that, like sitting down, having that first conversation with your kids. Like here the boys were six and four and having to look at them six and five. They were no seven and five. Uh, Kingston was halfway through his kindergarten year and Zeke was in second grade and going, <laughs> all right, guys, dad's going to have a conversation with you. And they're like, okay. And they, you know, kids, they don't think, and I'm like, well, what, how would you feel if daddy had a girlfriend? And I'll <laughs> never forget. Zeke was excited because he, he's, he's wired. He's built like me. He's a people pleaser. He's a fixer. He thought that sounded great for his dad because he didn't want him to be lonely when he wasn't around. And Kingston looked up at me and goes, I broke up with both my girlfriends this week. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, no, no, no. You can't have two girlfriends. But like, I remember okay. Zeke even remembering that day. I, he asked your name. And I said, yes. And he goes, oh, the one that's been using our, our Hulu. And I'm like, yes, son. And so that that was exciting and fun stories that we'll be able to share, you know, later in life and, and share with them. That'll be the story for Kingston when he brings his first girlfriends home. And I'll be like, Hey, you better watch out. He broke up with two girls in one week. Yeah. So, um, but he's like, I don't care. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. So I broke up with both of them. So if you want a girlfriend, that's your prerogative. Yeah, Dad, I don't know about all his girlfriends. I ditched thing. mine. <laughs> so we just thank you uh, for coming on and joining us. Uh, if you'll stick around, maybe we can do part two and we can talk about the, uh, 38 the last 38 weeks and uh yeah. what that's brought into our i'm sure family. they're like well you didn't want children yeah and here you are barely able to breathe yeah. because you have one that's getting ready to be evicted yeah so hang out uh we'll have a part two coming out for you next week uh we'll dive more into the blended family because we're getting ready to bring our daughter willow into our crazy blended family and uh we just thank you for joining along. We also want to thank our sponsor, author Brian Sanders, and his book, Be Like Dad. You can check that out at Amazon.com. Just search Be Like Dad. It's in the top 50 bestsellers in Christian leadership right now. Tons of great stories and lessons he learned from funny and serious situations with his dad. Uh, you can also go to AuthorBrianSanders.com and pick that book up today. Hey, don't forget also... If you don't have anything else to do with kids screaming, running around, make sure you go to facebook.com and give the Blended Podcast Facebook page a big follow. Get up in on the conversation. We're always asking you guys questions, wanting to learn about your Blended families. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to today. It helps us move up the rankings so other people can find us and we can help other people through this Blended life. Thanks for listening to The Blended Podcast with Megan and Derek, a positive alternative radio production. If you enjoyed the show, 
please take a moment to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. You can learn more at walkfm.org.